Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. In conversation with me today is Danza Edwin, or Danza Dijan as some may know him. He is a Ugandan digital marketer, content curator, television producer, gamma, creative, media personality, and a social media influencer. He prides in fatherhood and is confident it is one of the things he is doing right in his life. In this episode, I was shocked to learn that as early as 2011, Daza had already figured out the gimmicks of trading online, and this has since made him work with various reputable companies and brands in Uganda. He, however, opens us to the fact that there is a life beyond an online one we should be more careful about. As someone who has been active on social media for over a decade, he has witnessed himself transform into a more emotionally intelligent person when it comes to interacting with both friends and strangers. These kinds of transformation are the reason why you chose Hashtag with Navguzi Chuanka. So let's get into it. Danze Dijan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to Hashtag with Navguzi Chuanuka. Mm-hmm. You're just going to say, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm prepping there. What do they call it? Vibe. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us about who Danze is. Danze is professionally is a, com- a person in communication. Before community, before professionally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, normally. Yeah. I think Danze is a. Uh, Danza is a very unique being yeah. who is still self-discovering. Um, Danza is a is a very proud father. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of my biggest achievements in life. Oh, I have failed in so many things, <laughs> but I feel like I have evidence that I did something good here. <laughs> it's uh, still a process, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because I had a very complicated like upbringing and relationship with my my dad speci- specifically. Mm. So I think because I have that template. I know what, like, you know when you're doing uh, objectives yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. option A, it is it. Mm. Yeah, so I keep on ticking off the things that I know should be the right thing to do. Yeah, so that's like my mantra in life right, right now. Uh, other than that, I'm a fun-loving guy. I like movies. Mm-hmm. I love games. I'm very passionate about it. Yeah, I saw you had an event. Yeah. Well, could it, is this supposed to be called an event? Um, Something that you had a design hub. Oh, yeah. And I was uh, like, what? Gamma's meet? <laughs> what? What is this? It's called Games and Politics. Mm-hmm. Um, the best, I figured the idea was the best way to teach gaming in Uganda is by bringing the politics. Because Uganda and politics, someone will name all the MPs for you and all those things. But it would be hard for me to name for you roads and all those things. But So when I got the games and managed with the politics, mm-hmm. I figured I'll be able to talk to the key stakeholders. Really? So I've been a gamer for a long, very long time. My parents hated that I was that. I, I mean, I'm, I side eye mm. people all the time. Like, mm, really, yeah. is that the best thing? And then there is like, <laughs> a whole event. Hey, hey. <laughs> I've had a two months event. Yeah. Uh, fully sponsored by like a very amazing group of people. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, it's not a Ugandan organizations, mm-hmm. but at least they believed in the process, and it has allowed me to tap into Ugandan audiences. Right. And uh, I'm sure you've heard of Raymond Malinga. All those people. I've had the name. Disney is doing Disney right now. He's doing a a production for Disney. 
first Ugandan to do that. You don't say. Yeah, so I feel like it was an opportunity for us to make those people hard. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing like I really do in my free time. I make sure Ugandan stories are told accurately. accurately. And those people that are refusing to speak proud about themselves, mm. I really push them. I love yeah. them. Yeah. Especially if they're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if yeah. they aren't? If they aren't, it's it's quite hard for me to come and impose. Mm. No, like let me say you find something online mm. because you're really an online person. Mm. Let me say you find something online like, ah, this story needs to be told and this person is not your friend. What happens? Um, I have a way, I call it my na- na- nagging strategy. Nagging strategy. Yeah, there's a guy who I think does amazing art. Mm-hmm. Um, a brilliant di- um, graphics designer. Amazing. Yeah. I've been following the guy's handle. But he's one of the people that I always say, why don't you post these things on Behance? Mm. Why don't you create a website somewhere there? Yeah. It would help you. Sometimes they respond, sometimes they don't. Uh-huh. The other one is really is a Kayang guy. It's called Ivan Chivuka. Yeah. But I think his brain is I honestly don't know his age, <laughs> but I know he's very mature for his age. I've worked on some really big projects with him. He's a gamer as well, but he's doing futuristic stuff now that I know five years from now are going to be a necessity things like nft which necessity with us in uganda um, a necessity for for uganda yeah um i like to relate him to myself back in 2011 when i was trying to do like do this digital marketing thing mm-hmm. but 2011 mm, I, my story just now is complicated Tw- 2011 digit wow yeah because remember back in a day we had internet cafes Hmm? Exactly. Internet, <laughs> the fact that internet cafes were oh there, I used God. to always ask myself, why the hell aren't people selling their stuff online? Yet I'm no. seeing it online. Yet, Wait, you were you were seeing some products online being sold? Yeah. Um. The first, my first really, my first big break, and I always say this a lot, is I had a chance to like my parents really let me do what I wanted on campus. Before they used to tell me you must do these subjects, you must be like your sisters are doing, like because my sisters are you know, on government sponsorship and what. And me, I was in the brightest person in the house. But they told they allowed me to do industrial and fine art, like you and um, the thingy was saying. Eh? They allowed, they gave me a chance to do so. Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like I was really going to pass because it was easy. I was in my element, but I was so disappointed at the fact that the level at which I left high school was the level they tried to keep me at for a full year. I was still drawing on Manila. I was still painting the same paintings. I was still doing the same exact stuff. And when you feel like you want to really peak, but then they're letting you, they're holding you back, mm-hmm. um, those things like really broke me. I, I eventually dropped out, out of that uh, course completely. Whoa. I lost interest. You f- did you complete first year? Nah, I finished first year. I did all the way to third year. But I was, oh, you went all the way to third year. Yeah, but I was so dissatisfied. I wasn't happy. I wasn't like fulfilled in what I was doing. Cause I so look, even until third year, there was nothing special. There is not, not like to throw shadow in any way. The reason as why I feel like I gravitated towards communication was because they introduced something called um, advertising design and communication design at mm-hmm, Bifa, mm-hmm. and then they mixed us with a College of Engineering, Design and Art and Technology. So I realized, you know what? There seems to be something new they said. I started to draw less, uh, paint less. Mm. And then I realized the money was the other side, <laughs> which was a big factor on campus. Because <laughs> aside of being the guy who goes out and they're buying for him things all the time, 
I was like, bruh, nah, 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 nah. You had to this. shift tables. Mm. We'll be a sponsor as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, through art, I got a chance to do design t-shirts for Sylvia Worries fashion uh, line. How Rugby. did you get there? A series of fortunate events. I made friends with like a very nice guy called John. Mm-hmm. John is has become a very good abstract painter. It's so weird. He was so horrible at art. But right now, I've seen him exhibit in multiple places all over Africa and the world. Whoa. Yeah, trust me. I think it's because he persisted. Get eh? Then another guy called Jovan. Jovan was the first live painter in the country. But he was young. He thought about that idea then. So Jovan, Jovan Chiganda used to paint at um, events. Mm-hmm. So because we were very tight, we used to go and eat commando together, each all those other things. Like we're really, we're nuts. Yeah. So Jovan had an opportunity to like meet um, uh, one of Silvio's fashion designers. They introduced them. And since it was seemingly cheap labor, but with great ideas, since yeah. um, they had highlighted us, Daudi Lomu had discovered me a long time ago, back in that day. But I was like, ah, man, that's not, I'm, I'm really grateful to God. So anyway, <laughs> I got to join the fashion house. I designed t-shirts, but the ideas was, we felt like were so Western. So she told us to feel free and make this a Ugandan thing. So we figured um, African maps, Chikoyi, what, all those things. She loved it, gave us a chance and told us, maybe you guys can come and work with me. Every day of the week, I'll give you something small. So I began, that's how I like, I got Every day of the week in. is seven days a week? Sunday, till Sunday, every single day. Class thingy, uh, you go and work in the evening. Or early morning and then class. But like I already told you, I already burnt gas for class. Right. Um, most times, even if they told me the assignment is due the next morning, I would literally do it and just, it would just always be ready. So yeah, I ended up staying there for a minute. I started to really miss out on school. And yeah, eventually it just... One thing led to another, and I just decided to say, you know what, school, ah, nah, I'm not doing This is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is third year. Mm. Is that like you left in the first semester? I let go in second year, first sem. That's the honest truth. I was mentally not in class. Because I realized that Sylvia believed so much. Surprisingly, people just don't know this other thing about um, this lady and most of the public figures out there. Mm-hmm. Is that... Um, the cliche of the norm was this is a fashion designer who sells girls to be prostitutes and all those things. Those stories uh-huh. are out there. But to me, she was like a mother, honestly speaking. She mm. was my mother at work. Sometimes she paid for my tuition. Yeah, sometimes. Before you walked away. Yeah. Like, she used to make sure I go to school. She insisted. But unfortunately, when you're young, eh, the brain is just not the priority. And you've touched just money, my friend. Exactly. That was the problem. <laughs> they used to pay me 12, 18, 18K a day. Wow. Um, 18k a day, uh, she would pay for the hostel. So she made sure at least mentally I'm there. Because I'm thinking she's a mother, you know. She knew I had parents somewhere who expected more from me. Yeah. So that's me, that's the version of Sylvia I have. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so through that, we realized we're struggling to sell clothes locally or, or to really spread out. Nice. I, I said, but there's this thing called social media. Let's take photo shoots, put your stuff online so that we can sell to people who, who are not working in and around Garden City. How mm. how did you land on social media? 
uh, what was what could have been the first perception let me tell yeah. you something mm. i think i was in senior one mm. and there was a girl who was probably in senior five she was you know those celebrity kids in schools mm. and you would hear stories like can you imagine Lena is on high five? Those things are for <laughs> prostitutes. To date, uh-huh. I've never checked out high five, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and then, I don't know when, yeah. I heard about Facebook. Yeah. Then, uh, I think between senior five and senior six when I was in the new school, mm. it, it was a punishment. You are found in the computer lab mm. doing Facebooking. Mm. You are punished. You are Your names are read on the assembly. So... Tell me or tell us mm. what could have been your first encounter with social media. Um, was it from High Five to was it High Five? Did you were you aware of High Five? I, I used to hear about it, High Five, MySpace, all those things. My first encounter with social media was a messaging board on a website called GameRevolution.com. Fondly remember it. Had to be I a was game. in Budo Olevo Computer Lab. We used to go and do this thing of looking for cheat codes how to, on how to play the game better. Now, these websites would have so many people sharing this information and like talking back and forth eh, on message boards. So that is my first interaction with social media. All level. All level. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a phone. We didn't even have a computer at home. I didn't know anything about searching something. Ex- exactly. I so. just knew emails uh, and then studying the keyboard, Mavis Beacon. <laughs> I didn't even know about, I didn't, but at that point, I didn't even know about emails, surprisingly. I used to hear people say pen pals and smanya what, I'm green. But beautiful thing is from that experience and the fact that uh, my, our firstborn was abroad by that time in India studying. Like, I had to think about how to communicate to her, and internet was one of the ways. Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, then, fast forward, that time of me knowing about social media is because I'd, I'd understood that we can relay, we can relay information online somehow and sell something before any training or anything. At least I knew that. Mm-hmm. So she made me her PA at that point, and wow. at the same time, the go-to guy for like online stuff. She invested in me, they trained me, some guy called Boaz Shani. From Hugo Uganda. Hugo Uganda back in the day. He's still here, but they were really big back in the day. He gave me some basic training. I understood how the thing is. Mm-hmm. And that car foundation allowed me to be where I am now, at least when it comes to that kind of work of online. Yeah. This online this person had already explored mm-hmm. that kind of life, the mm-hmm. online life. Um yeah, I would say yes. <laughs> you, you know, like I told you earlier, my friends are interesting chaps. So at that point, I'm working with a guy called Dani Musumba, geek. He's a huge, huge, like, tech-savvy guy. Mm-hmm. Another guy is called, is called Ken, Ken uh, Mwalie. Ken Mwalie is a DJ at this point. Ken Mwalie is called Dark Meme at this point. That's the name he decides to go for. <laughs> and Ken Mwalie is playing electronic house music at that point. So his crowd is uh, Muzungus. Uh, DJs from the rest of the, 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 the globe and all those things. So mm-hmm. he's exposed to this kind of Western life. But of course, by assimilation, it also goes through. We are like sponges soaking in yeah, all these yeah, things. Yeah. 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 So that's that's the kind of environment that this we, we, we put ourselves into. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then um, I think it really became commercializable and made sense for me when African woman went through that, that um, stage of print was going. The magazine was no longer big in print. But then it had to go online. So 
Oh, you went as far. As I, 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 mm. I'm not even certain about uh-huh. it's, it went it's online, online existence. It, it on, I just know the physical magazine. Uh-huh. It went online, but then the problem is Uganda at that time wasn't ready for that. Exactly. That's why I'm like, how yeah. were you thinking about selling online in 2011? Mm, it's suffered. <laughs> it's <laughs> That was one of the most painful things to see such a brand like disappear. Yeah. But by the time we went online, we found that there had been a new African woman magazine that had already been created online. No. So someone was already like 10 steps ahead of us. Not in Uganda though. No, South Africa. Yeah. African woman. Okay. Mm. And then Twitter. Oh yeah, then Twitter. Because, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> when I see people's accounts Open, and they've eh? been there since 2009. I'm like, wait, no, how? Uh-huh. <laughs> When when it when it when it opened in two thousand nine, I I think it's DJ Caesar, one of my friends. I see. Me twenty eleven is when I opened my Twitter account, mm-hmm. but I was there because I just knew about it. But it's not the Twitter of today. It used to be a place of knowledge and sense. Trust me. Now it's just oh, a, yeah? now it's just a jungle. Now it's a crazy. It's a madhouse. There are very organized um, people on there and organized communities there, networks, but unfortunately, it's one of the best places that you're going to find all sorts of beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I got into Twitter 2011. How knowledgeable was it? How different? If you're looking at, had you joined Facebook already? Yeah. yeah. When, <laughs> I was a pro at Facebook at that point. My God. I By was. 2011, you were a pro. Eh? So, okay. Um, surprisingly, and it's something I'm, I'm quite pr- proud of right now. I have a friend called Marcus Moganza. It's a pity we fell out. Mm. But um, he was a go-getter very early on in life. So, almost all the brands that you're seeing now that have solid foundations on social media, all the Nile Browries accounts, all the um, Crown Beverages accounts, most hotels and others, I created their social media platforms back in that day. Because I was working for Marcus Muganza, Marcus was well-networked. He knew all the marketing managers and what. So all those were accounts, like I used to sit down and I did them because they they had gotten me from, that's not what I did at Sylvia or an African woman. Mm. So I designed them. But now I see they are strong. They are really strong right now, but at least they allowed us to put them online. Right. Yeah. And you're part of the foundation. Yes. Facebook, all the almost all the beverage companies, I opened those pages for them. Right. I really wish I knew how to build those days. <laughs> Most of the work I did for free. <laughs> because you're new in the market. Vibes and inshallah. <laughs> Such a pity. Mm. But now you're less active on Facebook. Yeah. What happened? Um <laughs> now, I used to be on Facebook for relationship things. Ah, uh, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. It was mainly this thing of I'm dating this person. We're on Facebook. We are, you know, when you're young, eh? couple. I'm in a relationship with this person. We post our images. We tag. We poke. What all those things? Why wow, there was poking? Yeah, there was poking. Why right? on Crazy. earth was there poking? Uh-huh. Then, <laughs> then messaging. <laughs> Um, like I really like to like message and stuff. Yeah. And then um, class groups. We used to put them on uh, Facebook. I, class I, groups. I put one of the first Mercury uh, groups there. It was called Bifa Class of something. So I created a Facebook group there so that as we, our coursework could be 
stored on this platform. I figured it could be a nice place to keep stuff. And it, wow. it worked for a while. It was me, Abu Mwesigwa, he's now the presidential official photographer. Uh, my friend called Corey. She's a um, fashion designer, Corey House of uh, Design. Uh, Luanga Emmanuel, mm-hmm. amazing sculptor right now. Uh, he's doing almost all that. These sculptures you're seeing in and around Kampala, he's one of, one of those guys. So I th- me, to me, it was a place to commune and um, sort of um, engage people. Yeah. And have reckless fun, basically. Reckless, reckless fun. fun, yeah. <laughs> and did you stop having the reckless fun when you walked away from Facebook? Nah, not really. I maintained. Like it's it's just it's basically just taking leaving Facebook. I left Facebook because I think it was something to do with some relationship stuff. Mm. I promise it was some random stuff. So my profile. This is how you were ghosting in your days. As if, as if. <laughs> but it was this thing of. I'm on Facebook. I've broken up with this person. I have all this content there. Everyone knew us. My Facebook used to be busy. But then I said, you know what? Surely, let me try somewhere, something else. Mm-hmm. I stayed on Facebook as an administrator for pages of brands and celebrities and socialites, but just not me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how far back is this when you walked away? Um, hmm. I stopped really caring much about Facebook in 2014. Whoa. Not really like I don't care about it, but the way I'm, my my life is on IG and Twitter that much. Imagine that version, but on Facebook. So I just, 2014, I really gave up. I think, okay, also because I got so busy with making sure the brand's account looked amazing yeah, and mm-hmm. like very good. Mm-hmm. It was really time consuming. It took away so much from me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, when I met you mm. in a training, mm. Mm. <laughs> you talked about yourself having been a troll yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, mm. but then you walked away from it. Mm. And it's the main reason why I felt like mm. I need to talk to this person. Mm. Because I, I, there's so many trolls that you get to see, so many things that people do to each other. Mm. And they're relentless. Mm. So when I see someone who says, but I stopped, mm. I wanted to know what it is. Mm. Okay, what inspired you? <laughs> I don't know if there is an inspiration. Uh, what drove you mm. to be a troll? Man, I think it's, I think, I, don't, I wouldn't want to blame society, mm. but it has contributed because this, this is how I paint that portrait of myself back in the day like most times I sit back and I look at those photos and I'm like this was me because of these reasons um, family of seven mm-hmm. five girls two boys mm-hmm. I was the first born boy so I have a kid bro yeah. um, I've gone to schools whereby very good schools Budo Junior King's College all the, you name them but the culture there has bullying, for example. So mm-hmm. Has bullying. Mm-hmm. Has bullying, but not like, let's say, for example, in Budo, it, it felt like as if it was like what fraternity, frat, frat, frat houses do in the US. They in- initiate you into doing th- certain things. Yeah. So, like, I found myself, the only time they punished me in Budo for bullying was when I think I slapped some kid for coming onto the basketball court. Mm. It was a weird thing. No, that was HSC, not even Olive. Olive, I think there's something about we. I cut some guy's hair. Some it was some no. weird thing. Yeah, trust me, weird. It was just a weird, peculiar thing. So because of that culture, and because it was smiled upon within the student community, not administration, of course. I 
it's just it's subliminal it gets into your head yeah and then also the fact that i didn't have someone who would sit me down as a bigger brother or something to have these conversations with me as in that close with my dad in terms of conversation mm-hmm. he was just mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. he's just a provider and making sure you go to these places and you it, it like a template most friends you know are like that and then the re- most of the guidance i'm getting is just for my friends and most friends. of those friends are exactly like me and also i consumed a lot of content entertainment content movies what i would name for you all the movies of back in the day mm-hmm. so i used to consume a lot of that stuff so it's it kind of preconditions you as a human being especially if you're young because you're a sponge now we used to have this thing of okay okay after living like budo for example i went to ndeje that's the first time i got punished um so when i go to ndeje i went to ndeje after budo sorry i went to nalia ss after budo yeah that was a culture wait, shock my god wait after budo is like what O-level. after after olevel after olevel i do four years in budo then like I could have gone back to Budo but man I had really be I'd really become a, a, a silly boy trust me I'd done so many silly things yeah yeah so they gave me they gave me an option of coming back to Budo to do Luganda agriculture basically they just said you're going to just come out of Fanefan and they refused to give me art because they knew why did they refuse to give you art it, it was a, it was a polite way of saying dude these are your options so just oh. chill so I chill I got to uh, I thought I was going to like Vienna and all those schools get I, I knew my man's been saying ah culture you can't really just go to these other funny schools now nah, nah. my dad is like dude I'm taking you to a school so that you study he takes me to Nalia I was under so much cultural shock what did you find there disciplining that's what I found <laughs> there my first day I got eight strokes First day. first day of reporting this is you bringing in your suitcases i bought my suitcases everything else my parents have gone i mean dorm were late late for what were late for supper or something like that late for supper something just yes, no they told me they're going to kenya i'm like are you serious they're like yes they're going to kenya i'm like you're, you're kidding <laughs> i've never been kenya i've never been kenya in school like that eh? so anyway i get down they give me my chibox and i'm like i'm actually really here now it's a wrap I go to the school I was so humble oh, people didn't people didn't I didn't change but I was just so confined I think I was creating safe spaces in my mind eh, where I don't have to expose how I really feel because people are this guy is from Budo what bitchy they used to get they got all the stories from me I had no OB or OG all of them are either in St Lawrence they went back to Budo basically I was isolated now So I'm there amazing grades I'm doing some physics economics some stuff mm-hmm. first time went really well but unfortunately went into holidays and I got and one of my friends from Budo joined it's called Arthur and that was it <laughs> we took over the school we took over the school it became a mess they used to hear all these urban legends about us just know we became a myth in the school in just the second term but then I was just not used to that kind of lifestyle of wearing a red shirt and a black trouser all the time, kneeling, punishment, weird stuff. Eh? Really weird. That's why it was just weird. I have no, there's no phone to call people, nothing. Like a booth? No booth. Mm-hmm. It's just the teachers. But anyway, I got in touch with uh, 
I didn't really, I didn't really choose the right kind of friends. I'm glad that all of them that I met in Nalia right now are okay. <laughs> but at that point, our priority was not to study. And then how you say it that they are okay? Uh, our priority was to be the coolest guys in Nalia SS. Wow. First time I smoked weed. First time I drank alcohol in school. Dude. First time for everything because I had this. I had to take on the persona of the bad boy in school, in that specific school. So and I, you were not scared of the canes after getting the eight on the I first got, day? I got used to them. At that point, I'm used. I got my first official serious relationship in that school. The ones that I had in Olevo, I didn't... The differences were clearly there. This this person was more mature. They used to hold me accountable. All those things you get. Did you want to be held accountable when you wanted to be a bad boy? Yeah, well, that was just a thing. Man. Just know. <laughs> so I figured, that, like I, I I started to realize that my mental blocks were beginning to crack slowly. Because now the expectation for my pups is this. My mom expects me to also do this, but the school also has this too much pressure on me to do this. They made sure as a prefect. They made sure as an information prefect. I used to, I just realized that I don't need this space anymore. Mm-hmm. I literally walked through the gate and walked out of the school and went back home. I walked out. Before exams, before everything, I just walked out and went Which home. Which term is that? Second term. I did that because I didn't want to do exams and to be promoted. But they insisted that I was going to be promoted and I was going to stay in that school. I went back home because I, I, I stayed home. I think my mom noticed there's something up with this guy because I came home, no symptoms, no sickness. I just said, I just told her, they told me I can come home. Ah. I was home for two, three days, four days, hospital check. I'm fine. We're going back to school. I said, hey, I'm going to go. But then I pretended I'm sick that night. I said an extra week home. So my mom drives me back to school. When I go back to school, like it was never really the same again, ever. What happened? I just zoned out. I did not, I was not the, I just became so toxic. Just That's the best thing I can say. I just became toxic. I was dating something called um, Anita at that point. We broke up. I started dating something called Martha. Just when it became weird. I just became this girl. Let me do everything to get myself out of the school. The term ended. I chopped exams. I didn't do them. I refused to do exams. My parents don't even really know this stuff. I didn't refuse to do exams. I go back home, I got a letter of promotion to the next class. That's when I realized that oh my I'm trapped here. No, wait, what? I got promoted. I thought you forged it. No, I got promoted. That's the thing that broke the car. That's the, that's, that's, the, that's the moment when I realized that I think my dad is friends with these guys <laughs> and they're not going to let me go. So, whoa, mm, it was a deep. That thing really messed with me. And I said, for the rest of the for the rest of my life, am I going to be, is this predestined now? So I told my mom, you know, I tell let's try something else. Mm-hmm. The option they gave me was Ndeje. I said, you know what? It's a big school. It has big culture. It's not this thing. I get in that car. I drive for so long. I get to Ndeje. My dad and the HM as like, oh, wow. <laughs> Like, oh, wow, really? <laughs> I get in there, but I found so many old... Co- of course, at that point, I've, I've, I've had to redo, redo a class. Eh? Mm. So my friends are now in S6. I'm in S5. But at least they were there. 
So I was so happy to be there. So that there. didn't really affect you. You were just like, at least these guys are here. No, not really. Like, those things hadn't really got into my head yet. Because the thing is, by the time I got there, for some strange reason, it's like I always have a huge light around me. Mm-hmm. People used to always gravitate towards me. I really did well for the f- that first year, that first term and second term. They read my name at school. I went to a bitch. My dad was very, very proud of me. That's, that's the only thing I knew that used to connect us school and grades me and my Whoa. dad nothing else nothing else grades once good grades no had, conversations just grades i first hugged my father in 2018 surprisingly like, that's how many years of your life just no without hugging your father yeah we used to just do this thing of how are you no good evening good morning good night what inspired the hug intervention at, at the house <laughs> I think because the older they are getting, the closer they wanted to be to their kids. So we used to like started doing family reunions, eh? and the mandate is once you get there, no handshakes, hugs first, hugs to welcome, hugs to to, to leave. And when you hugged him, what was it like? It was weird, but <laughs> it is what it is. So anyway, uh, yeah. We were talking about how or mm. what could have inspired you to become the troll on Twitter. Yeah. So. I think I, I let things get to my head eh? mm-hmm. in so many situations. Like I'm, I'm now in this school. I'm really famous. Like I guess talking about everyone knew me. Uh, the teachers liked me because uh, I was a straight A student. Yeah. Uh, the girls liked me as well. Oh, <laughs> you had to bring that in. <laughs> yeah, I was mean, class president. I was class president. So as class president, and things were going really well for me. So I figured almost everything I would do and say people would follow. Now. Fast forward after high school, campus, I'm on the internet. We have few people on the internet. The movies I'm watching and the things that I'm doing, mm-hmm. no one is telling me no. Most times, like, I would tweet something, I come and troll, laugh at you. I've literally just typed in the word danze and the word trolled, and I'm still going. Don't talk to strangers. Is it? It's just, it was a lot. A lot. Of so someone just has to check the genre and trolled. then I'll troll like some of them because some of them are not that bad I just leave them there I like to remind myself of this is oh, why there are some that you put down some I had to put down because I was really insensitive like for instance um, I remember that the, the, the thing that has, I'm not proud of the most was my friend Momo it's called Momo Nyanzi I was with him in Budo as, as ahead of him I was in Form, form 3 or the one mm-hmm. so he's abroad and then on Twitter, is tw- he tweeted sometimes saying, man, this mental health thing can really disturb you. Oh. We were referring to someone who had taken their life. And then he committed saying, this mental health thing can really get to you. Mm. Now, me and a couple of my friends were like, dude, why would you take your own life? There's so much to live for. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We really went full blast on the guy. Because he's our boy. And because of the culture again still. He showed this tough, tough side of his. Ah, man, I know you guys are right. What bitchy? Mm-hmm. We told him if you're unhappy. Mm-hmm. Actually, we, we made a thread saying, if you're unhappy, couple of things to do. Play video games. Go out and have fun. Talk to babes. We listed many things. Talk we, to babes. That thread was, was silly. Was stupid. Mm-hmm. Actually, the white mm-hmm. thread was a stupid thread. So, after a while, <clears throat> like you begin to grow. You begin to interact with people. And you realize... You've gone through this stuff yourself. You've yeah. just does just never manifested physically. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So those are some of the reasons I used to troll because I would find like my friends, I figure they can take it, just troll them online. 
random strangers uh, there's a guy a, a, a football fan from old ham united i'll never forget this you know how football can get into people's heads sorry <coughs> he's a football fan and he lives in the uk mm -hmm. if me in uganda a football fan gets so attached to football to teams that don't really know me right imagine what that person goes through so i used to hound him with tweets every time their team would lose I hound him with treats. I laugh at him. I like I used. And I, you don't know this person. Nah, I used to ruin his day because there's a time he, there's a time he came at me because that team had beaten our team, Man United. Oh. So me, I made it my life's purpose to every single time stress him. <laughs> I started to realize his his um <clears throat> responses become like numb, eh? dull. So one time he sends me a DM and says, "Man, I'm not, I'm not. I think let's uh, let's call it a truce." I'm not really having a great time. My team is getting relegated and all those things. Mm -hmm. I laughed about it because I'm like, ah, dude, it's just football. Again, that's another that's another moment. Like, like I, I put down mentally and I wrote it down and I'm like, mm, I could have handled that better. Right. Yeah. Then other times it's um, like close friends who post their images on Twitter just to feel good about themselves. But then you go there and troll and say, yeah, these clothes are annoying. These clothes are funny. These things are weird. And then I think where I really realized that this must stop is we used to have Ask a Trip Tuesday, whereby we would ask um, we would ask people questions to get to know these trips. Yeah. Raymond, Kataha, um, Bewol, all these guys. As people asking them, everyone was relying on me to get their funny looking pictures, their old snaps, basically embarrassing content. They knew it would come from me. So on those threads, and you heard it always, always, always. Since I was an internet guy, so knew where to search for it and get it. So those sessions would happen. Then Danza would post an embarrassing picture. These sessions would happen. Danza would put an embarrassing uh, thread or comment you made on some chick's post back in that day. Mm. So I, 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 I did that for a while, and it was Ask a Trip Tuesday, and it was me they were asking. So for the first time in a, in a while, I realized. I didn't want that picture on the internet. Oh. I wouldn't want someone to remind me of that. I don't want you to post my old relationship. You get it? So I got a test of that medicine and something inside said, eh, this is banter, but this is not banter. Something inside is changing. Eh? So like I went back and I looked through these things and I started reading the, la the body language from some of the messages. Then I checked someone and I saw some. I saw that I'd been blocked by certain people. Oh. I begin I began to understand mm -hmm. uh, like I started to do this thing of I reach out personally to these guys. We have a conversation. I'm like, oh man, you know what? Eh? I've, I've been re-educated. I understand A B C D. Raymond Kataha at some point say, tweeted and said, Danze, when I'm going to block you. I could have taken it as a joke that time, but it wasn't a joke, I'm sure. Get it? Because I know, based on the things that Conde puts out there, is a person who is in touch with his inner self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I really used to troll people a lot. We used to do it in a group. It used to be the thing to do online. But because I began to expose myself to cultures, yeah. we begin to realize, man, this is not it, man. This is just not it. Now, when you talk about how you moved from your past and mm. now you're a totally different person, mm. it, it's, it's interesting in a way that there are some people that are still tied mm. on what they tweeted <laughs> 10 years ago. Mm. 
and they are denied jobs they are being told how they are not fit to be particular people mm. what do you think about that we have to be held accountable that's mm. the unfortunate truth i'm just going to show you ask ask kataha the content that we used to post <laughs> you see like i used to just get people's old pictures and post them not knowing maybe they're in different relationships right now and all those things you get oh my talk. goodness you are yeah. nice. <laughs> ah, i used to really stress guys yeah. so um the thing about uh <laughs> the thing about what we post and it's a tweet that i put out there sometime last year i put it out on my side the things that you've tweeted are going to be used against you at a job interview one day at a job interview mm. one, one day. day why i chose that word job interview is because people usually feel the effect of money when they are touching their money they feel the pinch it's your mm-hmm. livelihood it's your future it's your security I have we have a we have a rule at work right now uh, next media mm-hmm. whereby we say every time you tweet remember you're representing the organization so there are penalties you're going to face for putting the organization in a very bad light you can't be misogynistic you can't be gender insensitive leave religion alone don't talk about skin people's skin tones the body shape all those things mm-hmm. if you can avoid them avoid them get it because every single customer Yes there. Every single customer you have has above has a, about 20 friends who believe what you say. Right. So what you tell them about your brand is exactly what they're going to think about you and it will never change their minds no matter how good of a story you did. <clears throat> um at Next Media at NBS I produced a show called Another Round. Mm-hmm. It's now no longer on air. Uh, it's it ran its course. We put out a billboard that had guy and Marcus looking at the chicks chicks as she's walking walking past that online there's so much backlash we honestly feel like there was nothing wrong with it at that point so because of toxicity <laughs> we said fine <laughs> let's show them society norms and flip it and make two girls looking at a guy walking up which also happens in society right but the point that the, the point that flew over our heads was because you're the industry leaders or because you're the public figures do not promote an already existing vice get it that thing rubbed it had one of my friends do not promote an uh, existing uh-huh. an already existing <clears throat> vice yes i had so many feminist friends i became like i lost that like, friendship with them almost all because of that incident mm. but at the point i just said it's it's marketing it's advertising i need to do everything to make sure my my show is seen until it was the later seasons where i began to say you know what let's have opposite ideas come on the show and people can dialogue Yet, eh? mm-hmm. so they also are coming on the show and people have re- people have begun to understand me i won't say they understand me now but most of my friends have begun to understand me right. yet, eh? because of you you, need, you should change through action mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. back to that thing of uh of, of people trolling um trolling people online and the things that we post and how we comment on stuff or posting people's things or bring up their old relationships yeah is unfortunately i realized almost all that trolls at least once or twice i've seen them tweeting things saying things are hard or oh, i'm not feeling today has jam like right, i get to right, see right. life lifes them mm. in every time <laughs> life lifes life them. will life you <laughs> and you will feel it eh? yeah. Um, yeah but i must say not everyone gets an opportunity to change their mindset you really 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 need to be um lucky enough to have uh, gone through a cultural change Re-education is very difficult. Changing someone's mindset to accept that women are not designed to just give birth. Mm-hmm, mm? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or oh, a small thing like um 
um there's this thing uh that they told me at they, like they told me at work and i always challenged it a couple of friends of mine at work say men are treated differently from women at in any workspace and i challenged it i always say my boss earns more than me i've worked for women all the time right. no, 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 no. i always bring that thing up but the problem is i'm basing it off my reality your experiences only mm-hmm. so i stopped arguing with that notion and i began to learn to take people's opinions consume them and dialogue it's the same way how i used to mm. always feel like no women <coughs> don't cheat mm-hmm. they don't mm. because now i was only looking at myself mm-hmm. and then i read i read stories mm-hmm. of women defending why they cheat and i was like wait what there are like 11 stories i was uh-huh. like you we are a mess uh-huh. <laughs> you need to open your mind that's the one thing i've learned to do i was very confrontational i was very tempered basically all the things that had been like the bricks that had been built mm. i had, had to take each and every one, one at a time remove it remove this brick so that i could easily walk through that path because oh, yeah. it was impossible for me to accept certain things like um it's one thing that haunts me a lot some very embarrassing moment in my family at home my sisters refused me to do something and i i used profanity for the first time in the house Whoa. My sister has laughed at me and said, "Oh, now you now you're so angry. You're even using profane words." Oh, they real, they ridiculed me. They made me even they made me feel much worse. Yeah. I, at some point I just had to apologize to them. I said, "I'm sorry I did this. When I do this elsewhere, guys are like, "Hey, bad guy." Which is, <laughs> <laughs> bad guy. Uh-huh. They got me and turned me back down like this. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and you've in the beginning you say you said something <clears throat> like Ugandan stories had to be told correctly. Mm. Mm. What is it that you saw that was lacking for um, you to feel like Ugandan stories had to be told correctly? Mm. I think it's my competitive nature, honestly <laughs> speaking. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I was presenting some somewhere sometime, and I had a list of Ugandan media personalities yeah. alongside Kenyan media, East African media personalities. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we are going. I had this graph it had our Ugandan people and Kenyan East African guys mm-hmm. this Kenyan and East African guys had so many followers and all those things our Ugandan guys were not like if someone has 2 million followers this person had like 4 point something so after showing them that slide and talking about uh, the reality of where we are one of the people said but you know what the penetration in Kenya and internet connection is big so of course I expected to have bigger followers yeah in my head I'm like What? <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed. Yeah. Because people had decided to have settled for less. So I told um the people I was talking to that day that you know what? Eh? It doesn't matter how many people are in Uganda. The world is quite big and the internet is not a closed space. Right. If we don't make as much noise about what we do locally, no one is going to do that for us. <clears throat> but we are very good at making noise for other people. Oh, yes, I'm sure you hear that Kenyans are very good at advertising, marketing, the hard working. Oh, oh the bit of hard working. Uh-huh. Mm. What are they saying about us? Get eh? That's the thing I always try to try to bring out to people. Mm. And every time I'm doing a, a on a personal branding training, I did it yesterday at a media challenge. I told them no one is going to make noise about you, but you you must start that conversation yourself. 
but because you have people that believe in you even if it's a small society or a small circle they will amplify it slowly but if that thing that you're doing is so big it's going to be picked on by bigger audiences and it will go crazy right uh, a friend of mine jordan his tweet went crazy when he talked said he uh, a couple of years ago his dad lost land he tr- he, he joined law school to fight back for that land and go oh jordan is your friend yeah jordan is my friend is one of those friends of mine that mm-hmm. we have grown together and changed our perception somehow. Yeah. So that story got picked up by BBC, VOA. Everyone was picking it up. So I told Raymond, who is also our friend, Kosako Malinga, mm. with him in Deje. I told him, Raymond, you saw what Jordan, how Jordan Sweet did? And Jordan is just a lawyer who did that. You're working for Disney. Do you know how important that is? He said, man, I don't like to show off. I feel like a snob. Yeah. I told him, I told him that's true. But <clears throat> there are so many young animators out there who need to hear this. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So that's mm. the rationale I always use. I always tell guys, you owe it to the people that believe in you to be heard and seen as much as possible. Uh, like I said, you had text and I told you I feel so guilty for having stopped to draw it. Exactly, I was going it's to ask a, you. <laughs> trust me, every single time I look at my drawings and I'm like, you're disrespectful to God, you guy. Yeah. yeah? You're disrespecting God. You're disrespecting your parents. You're disrespecting <laughs> you. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. so that thing is those those things drive me to a fact that I've seen, I've tested people who have pushed me, and I've seen the the results. Um, until recently, I hadn't I hadn't decided on growing my networks. I'd always had the opportunities to do so, mm-hmm. but I used to be held back by. I don't. People think I'm sh- showing off. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Eh? Yeah. Katinche jam. So I told um, again um, Eugene, my my brother. I also told him, it's a pity that you do that design week. You've done all these things. You've traveled to all these locations, and you've kept it to yourself. Other young creatives out there deserve or have the right to know that these things are possible. Oh. Mm, because in in textbooks and these things they're showing us Forbes top. Exactly. They're not showing us Uganda's top this. Mm. Get it? Um I always tell people to always make it smaller and smaller. Show me who the best illustrator is in Makere. Right. Then show me who the best is in Uganda. Expand it to East Africa, then Africa. I'll understand how far I need to go. So th- those are the things that are really they really be at the back of my head almost all the time when I'm mm-hmm. trying to push people push themselves. Yeah. yeah. And had you see had you seen someone in art doing the best of themselves at the time you mm. felt like Bifa wasn't it for you? Would you mm. have stayed and kept on pushing your art your mm. artsy self? Quizera <laughs> inspired me. He inspires me still. He inspired you at what point? When when did he when did you get to know him first? Um before I joined I like I'd, I'd, I'd heard about the people in the circles because uh, my high school teacher told me I was drawing at an advanced stage. Oh, so I used to introduce me. Used to introduce me to what? To like the circles. Eh? I would go and like I see what people are doing, and I'm so fascinated. Eh? He used and to I'm, introduce you yeah, outside school. Yeah, he really believed in me a lot because eh? um, he was trying to venture in because they weren't really making a lot of money then. Mm-hmm. He was trying to venture into architecture, but by drawing in um, spaces and what. So. Like, I would draw pastel, but realism. I would do realism very well. So I would draw for someone a property. So it would help the architect be able to design. Like, Whoa. something like that. Like, I began to do that. 
it's a pity that I stopped <laughs> because I've I, never heard of that. I know it was just, just it's such a pity, such a huge pity that I had to stop that because man work became work. So because he introduced me to to all those circles and elements, I figured by the time I joined Bifa, I must be in this person's circle. I must be friends with this guy. All those things. So right. I knew about Quizera. I knew as a very good illustrator, but I knew as very very good at illustrating as well. I just couldn't put it in color the way he used to do it. Mm-hmm. So his evolution in painting and um, water water paints and all those things have really inspired me. Well, they inspired me for a very long time. I think um, there's another guy called uh, Luanga Emmanuel as well, sculpture. I've like, heard of him. Yeah, no, that's, but at that's least I've seen Quizer and I was it's, like, whoa. Now the Luanga thing also just perturbs me because he has a photographic memory. He can mold someone. He's, he's seen them before, but he can put them into clay and metal and whatever it is. So this is someone that could actually help us get culprits. Yeah, forensics <laughs> and all those things. You get it. Right. He literally is a 3D modeler, but in real life. Um, oh God, I've forgotten the other guy's name, but he was also amazing at illustration. Mm-hmm. Now, those are people that I used to look at and wish that they would really spread their wings. Quizera has done so. He has begun to do so. Hillary, the guy of Easy Easy Art, Easy Wear, mm, who does know. those... Um, he does something. Hillary Art. I think I've seen Hillary Art somewhere. Uh-huh. But I don't Qui- know if that's him. Quiz Art. Quiz Art. Quiz Art. I know, I know Quizera. Mm-hmm. Hillary. I think I have some. His things are in, almost, in so many people's houses. Those portraits that are as if. Let me see. I think Alinda posted it on her IG. <coughs> mm-hmm. He does uh, He does these things like this. They come out like that as if graphical oh, work. All those things. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... I used to look at those people and really get inspired. Daudi Lumu, uh, right now, is very big. Uh, he has big exhibitions. He's been traveled all over the world. Zenson, mm. all these oh, guys, Zenson, I got a chance yes. to interact with all of them early on in my life. So there are people I felt like their stories deserved a much bigger celebration. Unfortunately, I still believe they have not yet done. Daudi Lumu, yes, I believe so. Quizara, yes. But Zenson was like the urban legend. Yet, eh? yeah. And he deserved or still deserves a lot more recognition right now. And should we hope for you to return to art? I did. Do you know the guilt I got after that thing? I started sketching again. I've been sketching for a while. <laughs> no. I'm so rusty. But the thing about that talent is it's always there. Exactly. And it's about yeah. consistency. Consistency. And practice. So it's something I want to, to do. There's a portrait in our house. Uh, someone did a portrait of, of, uh, of the wife. But she told me, you promised me to draw me one time. Yeah, it's been years. Nothing has ever come out. I said, ah, one day, one day, one day. <laughs> yeah, and so, then here you were. You listened to Jumbo talking about you, and and yeah, it just hit me in the gut. Ah, yeah, yeah, that thing was crazy. <laughs> I sent it to my mom. She told me Olava. Oh, she did. She told me Olava. Nani kugamba? And then I said, man, mommy, yeah. time, time mm, just jumped. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. And what has been that moment in your life that you feel like you felt like I was not going to survive this mentally, but then you yeah. came out of it? Yeah. <laughs> there have been a couple, eh? I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. Embarrassingly, though, I, let me even have a sip now. <laughs> the most embarrassing thing about it is because I grew up with so many girls. Mm. I was extremely like limited when it came to capacity in interacting with ladies. Right. Um, there's a lady as as dating in in Bodo. She was called Susan Imote. Very nice girl. But mentally, I wasn't there 
but I knew it was a no. Minutes for you must have a girlfriend, as if you must. That's how it is. So wow. I, I got into that situation. How we broke up was so silly. Mm-hmm. I switched schools. She switched schools. I didn't bother to say anything. I didn't say hi. I didn't say hi later. So Nothing. Didn't even, the relationship you just ended. You weren't interested how, in her, maybe. Yeah. In the whole relationship. It just, it just ended like that. Um, fast forward. Olevo. Again, from four. Man, I'm surrounded by kids who are from rich families. The clothes are amazing. What me, I'm, I used to look at myself and I felt that inadequacy yeah. when it came to society and all those things. Mm-hmm. So I knew what I used to bring to the table was my brain and the fact that my dad is very well known in the education sector. But for them, some of them were smarter than me, were cooler than me. They had everything that I didn't have. Yeah. So that inadequacy that I would face every single Saturday during roll call, oh, when we used to have to line up and people are dressing their best attire. And me, I'm in some... What was the roll call about? Just make sure people are in school. Oh, yeah. But the culture was there. It would be a nice day for you to show off your cool sneakers. What? So just a wow. thing. Wow. Yeah, man. You just need to be exposed. <laughs> so the thing in Bodo, Saturdays... That's it, dangerous. Exactly. It was, a to- it was tormenting. Hmm? That thing, VDs, VDs of sometimes my parents couldn't be able to come. And I would understand because I've gone, man, I've gone up in the, um, the teachers. So you see these guys coming with cool cars, what bitchy they bought for these people, this uh, grab and all those things. That pressure was a lot. I began to realize that as, as beginning to having to make side hustle, side money, to be able to have additional things bought for me also. Wow. So that when I opened my suitcase, I also have baked beans, what bitchy, cornflakes and all those things. Small pressures. I began to realize these things are affecting me. Yeah. So I'd have... You realized it early? Mm, early. I would have anxiety attacks eh, mm. of um, this chick is trying to talk to me, but I can't talk. Not because I'm shy, but I just couldn't express myself eh, or reach the expectations she had of a conversation with a guy because she's used to other people that are exposed. Mm-hmm. During holidays, I have no way of going to hang out with them because we've been trying to stay in the house, read your books, play video games when your dad is coming, hide them. You get eh? those scenarios. Yeah. So these things used to like <clears throat> keep me, I couldn't speak out, I couldn't be expressive and all those things. So that is earlier on. Later on in life, um, I'd never really been an, in a serious relationship that I would count as, what's the word? I think my relationship in first year to third year when I broke bad, when I really became a bad boy, <laughs> I was dating a very lovely lady. Yeah. She was dating me. Yeah. <laughs> you were dating her. I was there, but not really there. That's a sad. I was more interested in video games, partying. I was busy with Sylvia, worry things. I you didn't, didn't really, really care time. about girls. Yeah, like like they were there. Like I would have fun with them, but like mainly my guys, man. I would never say let's go on a date. I would never say it's movie night. I would never say let's just spend that night. Like I would see people do that, but so it's never going to be me. Mm-hmm. So by the time we broke up, she told me this one thing and said, dude, I feel like I'm, I'm 35 years old and for you, you're still 20 years old. And I feel like there's no passion. There's nothing in this relationship. I wasn't hurt by the breakup. I wasn't moved. I was hoping, waiting for the conversation to end. To oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That thing. It's like God said, eh? Hey. <laughs> my guy. I remember that breakup was at Garden City rooftop, the playground. 
She left. I told my boys, and by the things I done between me and this lady, they're like, hey, 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 Kali. Party. I moved on so fast. Now when I look back at the things she used to do and try to fight, make that, give me hints of there's still chance and what? Oblivious. He just moved on. And many girls have told me that you're so oblivious. I said, okay. Now, because I've gone through high society, fashion, yeah. culture, arts, which entertainment and all those things, I had met all the celebrities people have never met by that time. Mm-hmm. I began to realize, you know, at companionship is nice and all those things. I moved out of my parents' house. I'm now living with someone. He has a girlfriend. He's so mature. Like my my best friend Roy, so mature everything. And I'm like, no, Danzi, need to step up and be this guy now. <laughs> They're like, oh, fine. So Iguana back in the day was a very big place. Mm-hmm. Iguana, like party, what? Corporates, young corporates. We go there. We see these two ladies. I tell her guy, okay, for the first time, let me hit on a chick. Like for the her. first time. Yes, I'd never bothered. I choose to just happen. But then this, when you're saying, let me hit on this chick, mm. was it for games? Ama, you are serious. Kugezesa. Oh, no. Because I realized that, I realized, because we had, we had been having a conversation the previous day of, Danze, how have you started dating all these people you've been dating? And I just said, shit just happened. I'd never taken the initiative. So I, I try out this thing. When I talked to these ladies, they told me, we guys flipped a coin. Yet we didn't really flip the coin. I just approached them. I said, hi, what's up, bitchy? Said some shit. They laughed. I said, do you want a drink? We bought a drink. We talked, we talked, we talked. Then, like, they decided to hang with us for the rest of the evening. But then, it ended that day. We exchanged numbers. Again, like I said, I'm oblivious. <laughs> it skipped my mind that I had her number. <laughs> no, no. Actually, that night, I sent her a message, and she blew me off. And I'm like, I tried at least. <laughs> Two weeks later, we meet her friend. We are jazzing. Same interest we're talking. This chick also comes by. He's like, hey, hey, I gave you my number. I didn't even have me. I'm like, hey, sorry, Richie. I got the number again. We just, I started dating this chick. Yeah. On dating this this chick, I uh, I realized eh, that, eh, so this, uh, this is how I should have treated the other lady, their chick of campus. Oh. Now, that's, I, for some strange reason, I used to want to make good in this relationship to have, to make up for what had happened that that. That kind of time. You just wanted to make up for what you had and I got done. A, and I got a mental fix. I realized that thing really bothered me. It stayed with me for so long that I wanted to make good, do all these things, everything like I'll do, I'll be a measure of what. I started talking to that chick again, like we used to be friends and all those things. But then this babe I'm with now started treating me like how I treated that chick. So then uh, I think now God had balanced the equation and said, <laughs> ah, now, sir, you must experience this. Yeah. So, be- we, I think we broke up over four times. That lady break up, make up, break up, make up. But the breakups were horrific. So this is you leaving and going back. Not me, ha. In this case, so I was going through what other girls used to go through with me. But I realized, you know what? Eh? This is now my weakness. When I give into something, I've really given in. So there's a time I walked from, from uh, where we had met for a breakup, back to Kulambiro. You met yeah. to break up. She called me. We met to break up. I, 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 I felt that she had been called and all that stuff. So I decided to talk, but then we ended up breaking up. <laughs> so I walked from Tinder to Kulambiro on foot, thinking, talk, in my head, discussing. You all weren't the, present. I couldn't understand what the hell has just happened. I was just myself, 
what does she want? What haven't I done? All those things. What haven't I done? Uh-huh. So, yeah. I get, so I get back home. I sit down. I tell my boys. They're like, dude, you've tried, you guys. You've dated for two years, but you've broken up over four times. Just leave this thing. So I leave the thing. I try to convince myself that I'm done. But in, of course, I wasn't really done. So that inadequacy began to creep in there. So that was my mental block. Yeah. I never felt like I was better enough because the reason I why we child was because of some, she gave me some reasons that were valid back then, but also were a bit childish for now because we're young guys anyway. Mm. So that's when I began to feel these inadequacies and it began, it began to show in my work. It began to show in how I would like network with people. I would never get up to give a suggestion or direction of a strategy Whoa. or a campaign. Whoa. I would always wait to play it safe. Always, that became my golden rule. So that's that inadequacy does not manifest. Uh-huh. Because wow. the, the moments I would speak up to talk, for some strange reason, my brain would freeze and I would say the wrong thing. And I had very brutal bosses. Advertising, advertising world is very, very brutal. I was working at Fireworks Advertising. Um, and if your strategy or your idea is rubbish, the client is not going to accept it and it's affecting the money for the company. Mm. So I used to play it safe all the time. If I'm playing football, I would prevent getting the ball so that I don't make a mistake. Wow. It like I've I've examined this thing so much and I realized that was my problem. Oh, that is the problem that can easily manifest in me. Mm-hmm, okay, so mm-hmm. all those things, strategies, new relationships, uh like you really want to hug someone, but you're like, if I start hugging this person for, for two minutes, like for long, they'll get used to it, but then the days and I can't you get it. Right. It began those that conflict began in me. And I realized that was my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you come out of it? If you realized it, was that when you started realizing it, mm. were there strategies that you started building for yourself mm. to come out of it? I think my best possible thing is again, I would say, luck has, has a bit to do with it. Yeah. For some strange reason. That thing actually also makes you toxic in a way. I began to feel that because I'm inadequate, I would rub this thing on other people and also make them feel bad sometimes. Mm. So the comments you make, eh? yes. I say, man, that's not cool enough. Mm. Those clothes are not get eh? mm. So all of us, we are the same, we are together. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You don't actually know that you're doing it, but you're doing it. And it has happened. Even even recently, when I feel like I'm, I've, I've had corrective measures put in place, sometimes it creeps back in and you say something to someone that will make them feel bad about themselves unintentionally. Right. right. Uh, so I put measures in place like constantly telling myself you can do this I began working out at some point a lot like I would go in the mirror and say dude one more rep one more push up you can do this like I would speak this <coughs> into my reality yeah. and it began to work most people can't they need a support system unfortunately my friends aren't that forgiving when it comes to dude pick yourself up and all those things very few people like eugene for example mm. he can easily tell me dude you're really good at something make sure you do it but other friends were just going to joke about it drink play video games do other things nothing else so I've, i'd had to put myself in that situation i felt like i was lagging behind so much yeah so the hard work and the, the being a workaholic kind of helped but it was a bit dangerous but i knew my limits on you can actually do this put up your hand and speak now. You can learn guitar. You can learn to swim. You can lose this weight. You can do all these things. Uh-huh. And because I was able to achieve those things, I taught myself not to feel 
less yet eh? right. so my other relationships became better i knew that when i'm getting in here now this person is going to get abcd but i must discuss the expectations i have on my end as oh, well oh yes it has to be two uh, way uh, i used to get in and say well, i hope this thing doesn't go south <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they talk about so much about how our inner worlds are manifest, are reversed to us by the universe, something mm. like that. Mm. So, you're into the digital marketing. Mm. What do you feel like people might not really understand? There is something that <laughs> <laughs> there is something that I told you, mm. and I think you looked at me like what? Mm. Mm. I was like. I'm not putting in money anymore in mm. adverts mm. because it mm. doesn't make sense why yeah. I have to invest in adverts mm. yet people are going to yeah people are going to come onto the page mm. have a thousand people liking your page mm. and when it comes to interaction <laughs> there's nothing maybe there is one person <laughs> I was like no, I am not doing this. If people want to find the page, they yeah. are going to relate with the content. Yeah, yeah. Um, content is a good driver. That's absolute truth. Um, same things I told people yesterday at the training at media. I was talking to young journalists yesterday, and I told them, your story, if it's a well-told story and it's emotional or it's attractive, it will hit home. But for brands, hmm, the product, a service, because Facebook has become a marketplace and a place for making money, Meta, sorry. Mm. I always tell people you must advertise so that they see your brand. If you advertise for a while and they saw your good content and I subscribe for the first time, I will always go back to check because I subscribed. Right. YouTube model. Subscribe, like, comment. Now, the organic way to do it is if you, the personality that is holding this, this, um, this podcast, in this case, this one, um, if you had a huge, big following, it's easier for you to sell the product organically. Right. Now, I'll use, let's say, Next Radio, for example. Actually, let me use the Afromobile app. If the Afromobile app has podcasts on it that... Yes? I'm coming. <laughs> so, the only way Afromobile app is going to promote these podcasts that are on there mm-hmm. is by advertising. Because the social media platforms know that there are other options of Afromobile app they must pay me some car money to allow me to show them to their target audiences. Right. That's the sad reality of where we are right now in online advertising. You must invest a dollar if you're a brand. Mm. But if you're a normal person, you may not. That's why you see people, people's accounts grow faster than brand accounts. Yet, eh? Because for them, social media, um, AI or the algorithm, like you said, doesn't expect value or income from them. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And what words do you have for us mm. as we sign out from this episode? Well, everyone has a journey. Yeah. Everyone has a journey. Long, short, interrupted, or whatever it is. You must make sure that when, let's say, at your, the end of your journey, there is something people are going to remember you for. Mm? And every single footprint you're making... Yeah leaves an actual impression. Like, every, every time you put your foot down, there's an impression that's going to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a gentleman at work called Mark. We're having banter again. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Recently, even in my new age or my new realization, we're having just a back and forth. We used to do this bull. No more jabs. Ah, your shoe is not kawa. 
look at my belt it's on point that belt is on point but my belt is better yeah um um progressive humble banter but unfortunately the words that he told me stuck with me and said because there's a point whereby someone said by the way you're just this your job is just to do this it hurt him so much it's not me who said it someone else said it next to me but because that person said it next to me yeah the projection came at me in full force it is a work it is a work hour this person is standing in front of me I'm at my desk my team is here with me this person who said it is here this person is letting off steam on me like he was so upset and said you are tired of you making us feel bad you are tired of you making us feel small me me me, me. then i kept on saying you know what because i've learned um, like i do a lot of ted and uh, when i'm working out or jogging i listen to like motivation and what mm-hmm. and the rule says is if someone has projected on you first take it all in give feedback so i took it all in i was so embarrassed it was so weird people kept on coming to say this is not the right time so the right space to do this but i just told them let him speak yeah he spoke then when he reached that point of he has nothing more to say the anger oh he has realized what is being is not the right thing i told him one this gentleman said the comment not me then he said hey but me i had it was at that point his mind has decided to do something different but then i told him you know what because i want to take it on i've taken the feedback i told him i'm sorry i apologize for everyone mm-hmm. so <laughs> i told him is that anything else bothering you besides what this person has just said yeah then the guy said you guys even gave me little marks during the other evaluation and all those things whoa so things had been piling up for so long yeah and the projection was me then when i asked him why have you insisted in not being me he told me because you are an influential person in this office wow then i said i totally understand again i apologized and i told him eh, at the end of that day what you've said is your right and how you feel is important mm-hmm. maybe the situation could have been different but you've said it and I've understood and I promised I will not make banter again when it comes to you until this day we have not done so yeah get it? even if I see he wants to and get it? but because we experienced that situation we avoided it but then he told me one thing and these are the, the words I had to go with you must know what position you hold in society and the ripple effect of what you're going to do because someone is going to go online and someone is going to be abusing a child or abusing an old lady or spreading fake news mm-hmm. but then they'll ask you but who are the authorities on this platform why are they correcting this this mistake right so that's the thing that I've learned of recent another thing on this journey of dealing with mental health and all those things and conflict resolution is at some point it's going to be your fault regardless of it being your fault so you must do things now or put measures in place that are going to prevent people from going over the rail right yeah so if my trainees or interns are not coming to office and then i found out because they can't pay afford rent or transport to work i should have known that earlier because i should have had the opportunity to sit down with them and understand them mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, a personal mm-hmm, basis mm-hmm. without vis-a-vis just work things you get eh? right yeah so those are that's the biggest lesson i've learned this year at least it's beautiful it's empowering <laughs> thank you, thank and you. do people get in touch with you for digital marketing services yeah you say something that shocked me mm. i don't know had i heard it before 
Hmm. There has to be a social media strategy. It has to be a strategy. That thing always. keeps hitting my head like what? <laughs> strategy for social media. It has to be a strategy for everything. I've not taken time to read about it, but I, but I keep reminding myself I need to check it out. Yes. So how do people get in touch? Um, with you? Um, those that don't have my contact, it's uh, social media. <laughs> my my accounts are very public, so someone can easily message me. Um, but again. I'm also in training to learn how to deal with consultancy and all those things. Right. I know how to do it, but because of the how the networks are expanding, I am also learning to deal with people's questions and all those things because I've realized it doesn't matter how good you are at something. Someone has a specific need and you must respond to it very, very specifically. Right, right. And also right. I've learned not to bullshit people and all those things. <laughs> it's a it's a masterclass I've been taking. Right. <clears throat> but my social media, you can just at me on my social medias freely or in my DM. If you have the number, feel free. And also, don't be this person who comes and says, hey. <laughs> and you stop there. <laughs> I, That's a huge turn off for me. Thank you. I need you to come and say, what's, hello, <laughs> what is it you want? Mm. And we move on. Don't say, hey, because I'll ignore the hey. I'll just look at it and chill. We don't have time. <laughs> I, you're, you're the first one to, to, for me to hear talking about this. I've already seen women like, really, you guys, get serious. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danza, thank you so much for sharing time with us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. My takeaway from this episode is re-educate yourself. I think it's very interesting how two consecutive episodes have our guests asking us to do that. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Hashtag with Navuguzi Chwanuka. If you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag with Navuguzi Chwanuka in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends, loved ones, and every other person who is affected by the millennial world around us. Also, feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and be sure to tag us. We are at Hashtag with Navuguzi Chwanuka on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. Our handle is at HTNK Podcast. Follow us on, our, on all our platforms platforms and myself i am navguzi chwanka if you have any suggestions meaningful ones <laughs> i'm open to conversation you can also reach us on our email that is also applicable hcnkpodcast at gmail.com i really look forward to hearing from you ciao let's meet in episode 73 but in the meantime i implore you to re-educate yourself <laughs>